I'm Jackie Patton, Managing Director of Inkblot Creative, a new and very different communications and marketing agency. I'm so excited to be back with Series 3 of Stay Connected, where I have got the absolute pleasure of chatting to another fantastic group of business leaders, creatives and everyone in between about how they stay connected. We chat about big goals, important relationships and holding on to a sense of purpose when what's going on in the world isn't always in our control. I can't wait for you to join us for these conversations. So tune in every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher for the next free episode. And if you're enjoying these chats as much as we are, I'd really love for you to leave us a review. This week, I'm talking to Evie Hoskins, actress and star of the West End musical Waitress. Evie and I met at university and I have loved seeing her perform in the telly on shows like Misfits, Holby City and Casualty, as well in musicals in the West End and off-Broadway. It was so great to catch up with my old friend in this episode and find out more about how she's staying connected to the career that she's worked so hard for when the pandemic has closed all of our beautiful theatres. So sit back, relax and go and grab a cup of tea. This is Stay Connected. So Evie, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So as you know, every episode I ask my guests to bring along something that they feel connected to to kick us off. So what have you brought with you today? So today I have brought my car key. <laughs> of course, the obvious object choice. <laughs> well, I was like, I could get sentimental and bring on jewellery. Obviously, you know, I've listened to episodes and people have brought on jewellery and stuff, which is obviously lovely and I've got stuff like that, but um, yeah, I was just, I was thinking about it the other day and I was driving and then I just suddenly thought my car represents so much more for me currently than, than anything. Um, and I learned to drive quite late. I was like 26 when I got my license. (laughs) Um, and you know, especially, and I only just got a car, my car for the, uh, just over a year ago my first car right so yeah yeah, it has meant you know it's been my sort of freedom really especially during lockdown and um yeah so it just it kind of represents more than just a car yeah yeah and how come you learned to drive so late on what made you do it yeah uh well I grew up sort of living in the center of the town where I grew up so I never needed it then and then obviously we were at uni and a car would have been nice, but it wasn't a necessity. And then I moved to London where you absolutely don't need a car. Um, and and then, I, yeah, I got to 26 and I was doing a job in Scarborough with okay. uh, Alan Akeborn, who lives up there, resides up there and uh, has a theatre up there. And we, we were doing the play and I, was, I just had nothing to do with my days. And I thought, I'm going to learn to drive while I'm here because why not? <laughs> And so I did, and I found this amazing instructor who I actually still speak to now. Love that. Randomly over text um, occasionally. And um, yeah, just sort of did an intensive thing, passed my test, uh, didn't use my license for a long, long time. That's the worst. The scariest bit is once, you, once you've passed right. it. In the car. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, finally got a car at the end of end of 2019 because I was doing um some regional theater jobs that I was like now's the time um I was I was working at a theater called the Watermill, um 
in a a very remote location it's like in a small village so you you are in the middle of nowhere and if you don't have a car you're kind of stranded so I was like right now's the time and I haven't looked back since. I know it. And such good timing with lockdown because you're yeah. living in Taunton at the minute, aren't you? You've moved back. In Yeovil in Somerset. In Yeovil, yeah. 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 And you've moved back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from London where yeah. you've been based before. Mm-hmm. But your partner's in Brighton. He is, yeah. So I guess having a car during kind of the last 12 months has yeah. been pretty important. Yeah, really important. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was in London and as well, as I said, you don't need a car in London, but it was great. It just meant and also like I was teaching um, on the weekends and it just meant not having to get on the tube. So I just felt a bit safer. Um, and then, yeah, driving down to Brighton when I could and seeing seeing Ned. Um, but now, yeah, definitely it's been been a lifeline for sure. There's something quite nice, isn't there? Even if like my car's been parked on my driveway, I got in it the other day and realised that pretty much all my tyres were flat. So I, had to go <gasps> so I just don't like, yeah. I'm yeah. going out, I'm going for a walk because that's yeah. the thing that I want to do. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. But I got in my car and thought, oh God, I've got to go and figure out how to use that little air pump machine. At the <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's amazing how when you have one, it's like something you don't think about. But if you didn't have it. Mm-hmm. I know, I don't think I could have, not have one now. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Even if you're not going to use it, you know that there's the possibility of escape. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you said you grew up in Yeovil. How yeah. is it being back there? Because you've not lived there for a long time, have you? No. About, oh God, last time I was here, I'd have been, what, 17, 18. So 14, 15 years ago, which is crazy. But it's weirdly nice. That ages us. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Just giving away how old we are. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, nice you think it's weirdly nice yeah it's nice being in a familiar place uh being near family um having my own space because obviously being outside of London means like the luxury of having more physical space um and a garden oh yeah and, like, being near the countryside it's just the air is like fresher and I think that's what I need right now as well so yeah, it's hard, isn't it? And I think like when you're living in London, it's that rat race and you're working mm-hmm. and doing other things. Mm-hmm. Whereas when that all stops, I guess the fun and the shine wears off, right? And yeah. being able to be in the country is suddenly much more appealing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm mainly in London for necessity rather than out of choice. But, you know, that's kind of where the hub of, of work is um, and obviously the West End. Um, so it's... You know, I've been there because it's the best place to be. But actually, as I'm getting older, I think, you know, it's not actually where I want to be. But we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> and so just for our listeners that don't know mm. much about you. So you are an actress mm-hmm. and a singer and you've been in lots of amazing productions and on the telly as well. Yeah, know? occasionally. Casually on the TV. <laughs> um, but most recently you were in Waitress mm-hmm. in the West End, right? Yep. Um, but I guess I'd love to start off by finding out, do you reckon little Evie, when you were tiny, <laughs> expected to be doing what you do now for a job? No, absolutely not. No, I'm not one of those people that are like, I was in ballet classes when I was two and, you know, I've been doing it since I could talk. Um, my very first stage experience, I was probably about six and, um, 
I remember getting like being around a piano and they were like okay everyone sing a line of this song we're gonna choose who gets the solo and I like sang and they were like okay you Eve Eve you're gonna sing the solo and I was like okay and then it got to the night and I got up to sing and I just burst into tears like I looked out in the school hall at all these parents and I just started crying oh bless you um yeah so and then it wasn't until I was sort of a teenager that I was like oh, that's a job. You can like get paid to do that. And also realizing like that there are working actors that, you know, you might, you know, Dave down the road doesn't know my name, but, um, you know, it doesn't mean I don't make a living out of doing what I love, which is, you know, there's a difference between working and being famous and they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, when you speak to people that aren't in the industry or that don't really know about it, they're like, what have you done? Have I seen you on the telly? Have you, why, do you, why don't you go and do EastEnders? And it's like, there's more. No, actually, I was in Holby City, I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, there's like, you know, there's a whole other world out there that people don't really know about, especially at regional theatre and um, yeah. Yeah. I love it. So did, so obviously little Eve age six wasn't. Yeah massively an amateur singer <laughs> of a crowd but was it singing that kind of got you along that path then yeah definitely so uh, eventually so I went to college and I did a BTEC in performing arts and um through that I started going to my local youth theatre and um I met this amazing woman called Helen who was a sing- local singing teacher and um I did, my family didn't have much money growing up I was from a single parent family and um so Helen very kindly gave me singing lessons for free and heard, yeah, yeah, incredible. And her daughter was at the time studying at the Royal Academy of Music and she went on to do Les Mis in the West End. And sort of through her, through her daughter, Lisa, um, you know, this kind of world was opened up to me. And um, that's who I, I found out. Um, about Spring Awakening these auditions for this show called Spring Awakening were happening in, and um, they ended up seeing about 4,000 young people all, mostly untrained they just wanted like raw young talent for this new show that was coming over from Broadway um, about sort of you know the struggles of being a teenager and you know puberty and sexual awakening um, and I audition- ended up auditioning for that when I was at uni uh, it was in my second year at uni and um yeah got that job and haven't looked back since I remember coming to see you in that show yeah so crazy so I know and it feels like a million years ago but amazing well, it kind of was yeah. <laughs> again Mad, not to it? age us but <laughs> yeah, it was really a million well not quite a million but a long time ago yeah so you, you mentioned so you grew up with your mum mm-hmm. so did she have any connecting connection to the arts or was she kind of completely no your face oh my god none like my family no you know my family were have all like sort of born and bred in Somerset and sort of never really left um yeah like my gran worked as a cleaner in the hospital my granddad was a carpenter my mum then um she worked at the hospital as well cleaning instruments like surgical instruments um I know the stories because it was uh, not to go completely off piece, but she w- worked there during the AIDS crisis. 
Oh my goodness. Um, so which is yeah, she's some you know, for them it was like it's just the unknown and stuff. Um so some interesting stories, um, but not nothing to do with the arts at all. I love um, that though. So do you think that because the reason I'm asking that is because obviously like when you go into any career or you're doing anything and you're young and you're kind of thinking about it mm-hmm. and you mentioned Helen. Mm-hmm. It's important, isn't it, to have people that kind of get it or oh can mentor you or yeah. can support you. So was Helen that first person for you that kind of did that for you? Um, yeah, 100%, totally. She's, yeah, she's undoubtedly the reason I'm doing what I'm doing, for sure. Um, yeah, and like I said, you know, introduced me to this other world. And I, I auditioned for drama schools. because um, I kind of learned about it all when I was like 16, 17. And... Um, Everyone was like, I'm going to audition for drama schools. And I was like, okay, that's what I need to do too. I guess I'll do that. Well yeah. <laughs> and, and I got into Mountview at the time, but I, again, just couldn't afford to go. It just wasn't financially an option for me at 18. So I ended up going to university, um, still studying acting, but obviously, you know, you think, oh, I need to go to like one of these big drama schools to to be successful Um, it's just kind of what you're taught isn't it it's just what you're told um and actually it's like with everything in life it's just all bullshit isn't it it's what you make it yeah because and also you know you look back and you think if if I get into a drama school then I've made it but actually that is just not even half the battle um because then you need an agent and then you need to actually work. Get a job. <laughs> yeah. And then get another one when that one finishes. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, I was, you know, I feel really lucky that, you know, I was 20 when I made my West End debut, which is crazy. Um, so, young. so young. And, um, yeah, and then sort of yeah just carried on working got an eight got a lovely agent who I was with for eight eight years it's amazing have you ever wavered have you ever had a moment where you thought oh is this it um the only question I had I so I worked really solidly for about three years and then I went to the US to do a tour and I remember my agent at the time saying I don't know if you should go because, you know, you've got momentum. People know who you are. Um, but growing up, America was always like, you know, as it is. The shiny place. Yeah. And I'd always wanted to go. And so to get the opportunity to work there, to travel the country whilst doing an acting job was just as a 22 year old, I was just like, yes, yes. Um, so I was like, no, I'm going. So off I went, had the most phenomenal year of my life, like incredible. But then I came back and, you know, as my agent said, people don't remember you. Like short memories. Oh my God. And also I wasn't like established enough for them, you know, to go, oh yeah, it's that girl. Um, so I went about 18 months without working when I got back from the States and it was really hard. It was really hard. And, but the only, I didn't question giving up. I que- I kind of said, you know, do I need to, is now the time I need to look at maybe going to drama school to like, you know. Yeah. To, um, to do the extra bit. Yeah. Um, but my agent was like, no, 
don't know you're already working it's fine you know you just gotta wait it out and also like I loved I loved my agent because he wanted to carve a career for me rather than just find me work um which is also another reason why I went so long without you know doing anything because I wasn't just kind of any job yeah it wasn't about that it was about finding the right work um which I eventually did and I ended up doing a lovely lovely job um where I met my now best friend in the entire world who I would never be able to live without um and and then yeah it's kind of slowly built back up from there weirdly and it's kind of harder now than it was in the beginning in some ways but I wonder if some of that is age because when like you're saying like you just like went to an audition got a job in the west end you're 20 you just like have no fear do you when you're that age you're like cool totally for sure completely and also like I find like consequence is so is much more of a bigger thing now like as you get older like press nights become more before they were exciting and fun whereas now they're like they mean something and it's like oh god we need good reviews because you know this show could potentially transfer to wherever and and but in order to do that we need the reviews and yeah so you just become more aware of certain things as you get older and Mm. yeah and in that period so that like 18 months when you were Mm. riding it out Mm. how did you make sure you kind of stayed connected to why you wanted to do it because it's like Mm. it's hard to when you don't have access to something kind of hold that in your mind isn't it yeah that's a good question and I have a really bad memory like I honestly my best friend from school when we get together she's like oh remember this and I'm like no no um so I mean I remember those days being quite dark days actually and and feeling quite not not too dissimilar from how it feels yeah really just like not being able to do what you love and what you want to do um and especially as an actor you need other people to be able to do what you love so it's so collaborative isn't it like the whole process Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm um and just not meeting new people because you're constantly meeting new people all the time um which I love doing and you know learning from people older people more experienced people just constantly having access to that so for that to be cut off is really hard and it was really hard um how old was I 24 25 um so yeah just I mean, auditioning and stuff, because that keeps you active and that keeps that part of that brain, you know, moving. Yeah. Um, But other than that, just like, yeah, just powering through, just knowing that there will be light at the end of that tunnel. And I guess like you said, like if we think of all the industries that have been hit by Corona, the Mm. arts has got to be one of the industries that has just, it's just like the saddest thing in the world isn't it like I yeah. when it when it was all kicking off I couldn't even read the news about it because I just couldn't bear it yeah yeah so how have you kind of how have you found it during this period are you finding that you can kind of hold on to that or has it been a bit of a struggle yeah um I, I guess it goes in waves um mm. you know I was I was really lucky that I I came off the back of like nine months of solid work so the first few months of lockdown were just rest time and like me time and time with my boyfriend that you know because I've because of work we weren't spending as much time as I'd like together so seeing him and you know that was a luxury 
and a novelty to begin with. And then obviously, you know, time crept on and we're still here. Um, and I think what's different about being out of work now in COVID times is that everyone is, you know, you're yeah. not, well, for the most part, obviously people are film. there are things happening, but for the most part, everyone's kind of in the same boat. Um, and people, amazing people, a friend of mine, Alex Young, who's, she's a phenomenal actress. She set up a group called the Corona Day Plays. Um, and we do these Zoom readings um, sort of once a week or every other week. Um, we did Jane Eyre last night and I got to read Jane, which was just oh such a like, yeah. And I, but I was so nervous. <laughs> like, and, and, you know, that that feeling felt very foreign because it had been a long time. But um, yeah, so doing things like that. People are, because everyone's craving it. So people are mm-hmm. creating these opportunities. Um, and, and I was lucky enough to do Panto over Christmas. Um which is amazing that you managed to do that, right? Cause yeah. And like, cause, because it was in Somerset, it was in my hometown, which again was a luxury that I, and also something I never would have done normally. Like, you know, career wise, that's not a move that would have been as beneficial because, you know, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. Like, I love, pan- I did my first panto last year, weirdly. Um, <laughs> before covid but i'd i had these two jobs i had um i was doing assassins at the watermill and and in nottingham and then i knew i had waitress coming up in january so i had this gap and i was off a panto and i thought why not like why not yeah oh my gosh so much fun and i met the best people like the most gorgeous company and um yeah and it was i was like this is so great and then the producer, the, the production company, Evolution, they're very loyal to their to their actors. And, um, you know, when it looked like they were going to be able to do something in 2020, you know, Paul was like, do you want to do you want to go home and do, do Panto? And at the time, I was like sort of toying with the idea of, of moving back to Somerset where and that that kind of cemented it for me. And I was like, yeah, this I'm going to do that. This is like you know, the universe's way of saying. Oh, the lining. Yeah, yeah. So, and we we were open for like three weeks, which is more, because we were still in tier two until Boxing Day. So we were like one of the longest running pantos in the country. Which... That's mad. And one day, you can put that on your CV. I was in the longest <laughs> panto in 2020. <laughs> I had a job in 2020. Yeah, that in itself will be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But have you... um? Obviously, so you've moved back home, mm-hmm. which must be so lovely to be near your family. But that also means you're apart from Ned. So yeah. have you, how have you, like, how do you keep that connection when you can't be in the same place? Or is that something you're used to because of, like, your work schedules? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess we're kind of used to it. Because, yeah, because I was, so we met on a job. We were together 24-7. Which is, yeah, yeah. Um, which is lovely. And then I went to Sheffield to do Panto and... So we were, that was kind of like, we were apart for that a little bit. And then, and then I went into waitress, which was kind of all consuming for me. It was, you know, very intense. But then, as I said, you know, lockdown did come at a good time and it meant we could, you know, spend more time together, which was great. And then we basically were kind of thrust together in the first lockdown. He kind of moved in with me because, um, the make or break moment in it. Well, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it was. Um, and, you know, it was, oh, I'm so glad that I had him for that 
for that period of time. And then, you know, when things were eased in the summer, we kind of, you know, went back to some more normal, I guess. You can't really use the word normal anymore. But um, and then, yeah, lockdown, we've just kind of, you know, I've spent a lot of time with his family, which has been really lovely. Um, and I was lucky enough to spend Christmas with them. Oh, um, yeah. And then the third lockdown was announced and he was in Brighton and I was here. So obviously, um, and it, you know, it was announced like 24 hours before. So we just, we decided to stay apart. Um, but it's been fine. And like technology is obviously great. And imagine if we'd have been doing this in the nineties, geez. Uh, oh, I did actually write him a letter the other day. I thought I'm going to send him a, a letter, a card. Um, yeah, old school. That's really mail. cute. Yeah, why not? Um, I love getting mail. That's yeah, like my favorite. Me too. I have a great friend, Franny, and she's so good with stuff like that. And every now and then in the post, I get like a little card or a little treat from her. It just it does brighten your day, doesn't it? It really does when it's not a bill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> like open my post box and it's like, letter from my accountant, you need to go send us yeah, some oh, money. Oh, God, yeah. Tax bill. Water bill, mm-hmm. electricity bill. Yeah, anything that's not bills yeah. is much welcome. So <laughs> listen, if anyone would like to send me posts, you can find my mailing address on our website. <laughs> um, so yeah, but no, I mean, I, I can't wait to get back to him, whenever that may be. But. And you said, obviously, a big part of working in theatres and doing different shows is meeting new people all the time Mm -hmm. and it's that kind of like thrown together Mm -hmm. most intense relationships isn't it and then you kind of all dissipate yeah and then it's a brand new group yep how do you keep connected so you know in those moments you see someone and you think actually that person is going to be someone I'm going to stay yeah connected how do you keep that going when you're then flung into that whole thing again with a different group of people yeah yeah I have a really um I have an amazing friend called Sean um, Thomas, who she's, uh, I met her on Spring Awakening on my first job. And um, she, she's older and she's been in the industry for years. And I adore her. She's like this, this ball of wisdom. And I remember her saying to me once, it's almost like, it's like, a, it's almost like a charm bracelet. And you, you do each job and there might be one or two people that you're like, they're really special and I'm going to keep those. And they're like sort of your, the the charm. They go on the bracelet and they're like for life. And Shani's one of them. And um, my friend Claire, who I spoke about earlier, she, um, who I met when I was 25, she's just a constant in my life. And she's been, you know, I ended up living with her and her children for like two and a half years. And, um, but yeah, just you, there, you just know there are certain people on jobs that you just think, yeah, they're for life or, you know, and I, and I feel so lucky that I do get to meet people in that way, like constantly. Cause you know, if you're in an office job, you know, how, you don't meet that many new people all the time. Um, and it's a different kind of meeting, isn't it? Cause it's not like, Oh, I met you at a party. It's like, sharing deep mm, oh my god yeah you yeah you share an amazing experience and if it's and you know people have if a, if people have big events like if they lose a loved one on that job or if they get married on that job then for them that's really special and I, or you know if you have a big birthday that happens to fall in that time then you know those people are forever a part of your life and a part of your memories so um and like you know, I've got so many WhatsApp groups, cast WhatsApp groups and email chains of just, you know, just checking in or like if people have babies and and then suddenly they're like, 
the children are like grown up and at school and you think, oh my God, like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like a scratch. And you, you kind of, and I know a lot of actors, you think back, if you think, if there's an event, you think, okay, well, what job was I doing at that time? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was on that job in this place. And yeah. Because yeah, it's your, your link to that moment in time is whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. show you were doing. Yeah. And what about when you're not working? And I know that, you're probably going to say, well, Jackie, I sit in my house and occasionally go for walks because it's... <laughs> but like in normal life, mm-hmm. when you're not working, mm-hmm. are you good at kind of switching off and prioritizing a bit of downtime or are you one of those people that wants to keep... Um, I would probably say I'm quite lazy by nature. So I do enjoy just kind of chilling in front of the TV and eating nice, lovely food. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love doing that. And before... COVID, I I didn't really have like a hobby because I love what I do so much. And like, I genuinely love it. Like, I feel so lucky to do something that I love so much because there are people in the industry that do it just because they're good at it. And I'm always like, oh, you lucky people. And it- also, once you're in it and that's what you do, mm-hmm. that's what you do, right? Yeah. And it's such a big part of your identity. And a lot of people like fight that. And a lot of people, you know, since the pandemic have kind of gone, see, this is why... You can't have what you do as such a big part of who you are because when it's taken away, which I get totally, but I feel lucky to be able to do what I love and make a living from it. Um, but I took up some sewing <laughs> during lockdown. Well, currently it's just scrunchies. Because oh, like scrunchies from hair? Yeah. Love it. I'm obsessed with making scrunchies because they, they're like quite simple to make, but also satisfying and practical. Um, yeah, everyone needs a scrunchie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've just been doing that and then watching lots of, lots of Netflix, obviously. Obviously, who hasn't? Yeah. I really do feel like Netflix should have changed that thing that says, are you still watching? It yeah. should have been more like, good for you for staying inside. Like they should have changed it because yeah. it's so shaming. Every That's time so it comes true. up. Thanks for, thanks for staying inside protecting lives. Yeah. Because every time it comes up, are you still watching this show? I want to be like, well, what else am I going to be doing? Yeah. That's so true. This is my life now, Netflix. Don't shame me for it. Yeah. As I eat my third bag of popcorn. Oh, so good. Ooh. I love that you make scrunchies though. That makes me really happy. Yeah. And I was, lots of people have been like, are you going to sell them? You should sell them. You should get a little Etsy shop going. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking about it. We'll see. We'll see. It's nice just to have a hobby sometimes, though, that you don't have to make money off. Right. Yeah. Something just for the joy of doing it. That was like most of my Christmas presents were scrunchies. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Well, at least we'll know. Although, what about the men in your life? Or did they just get scrunchies too? No, they just got whatever Amazon (laughs) delivered. Naughty, buying stuff off Amazon. There are are limited options right now, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, it's been really cool to like hear about where you started off and kind of how you, you worked your way through. But what about kind of plans for the future? I know that like your industry is completely <laughs> up in the air right now. And you're probably thinking, please don't ask me this question. <laughs> but like, have you got any really big goals personally that you want to achieve? Mm, it's so weird. Cause like, actually, to be fair, even if you'd asked me this question before COVID, I do, what I realized slowly as I've you know 
worked longer and longer in the industry is that you can't really plan anything. Um, you know, you're lucky, you're lucky if you can plan a holiday because mm. sod's law is you book a holiday and then they're like, you've got an audition and it'll be something really important. So then you're like, okay, I won't be going on holiday or, you know, whatever. So, and I used to think like, you know, when I was younger, oh, I don't you know, I want to be in film or I want to do this or I want to be on TV. And But honestly, uh, when I turned 30, I was a bit like, I just want to do what I love and be able to pay my bills and, and work. And that's when I started, you know, and I had a big shift. Saturn, no, what is it? Saturn returning? Oh, yeah. Oh. I can't remember. Yeah, I know what you mean. Is when it, all the planets line up. Yeah. And I kind Saturn of... Saturn rising. Saturn rising, thank you. Um, and I changed agents and I was like, okay, I'm going to just make some changes in my life and I'm going to say yes to stuff. And I did, like I said, I did my first panto. I went to Edinburgh Festival with a show, which is like something you do first year at a drama school, not, you know, 10 years into the industry. But I was just like, I just want to work. I just want to create and I want to, you know, do what I love. And also no one cares. I realized no one cares as much as you do, obviously. And I think the industry by design is quite judgmental, right? You spend oh my all God. the time. Because you literally, your job is to get on stage and be like, here is my soul, judge me. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And whether that's in an audition or whether that's yeah. in a performance. You, so I think it's one of those industries where lots of really vulnerable people lay it out all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to not be judgy then, isn't it? Because you're always wondering, what's everyone going to think if I do this? Or yes. what's everyone going to think if I do that? Exactly. Exactly that. And like with Panto, you know, I was always like, oh God, is it, you know, I don't want to be seen to be doing Panto. But again, no one cares. And like, it was such a fun experience. And and you're working and earning money doing yeah, the thing that you do. Exactly. And that's kind of where my head is at. And, you know, and weirdly, since thinking that, but I've end, I ended up doing my dream job last year as well. Like I ended up on, because I saw Waitress on Broadway in 2016 and I watched the show and I saw this character and I was like, I get her. Like she's, I want to, I want to play that part so much because it's very rare that you see the type of character that Dawn is portrayed on stage. And, and I know a lot of people feel the same way because, you know, stage door, a lot of, a lot of young girls and women would say, that's me. Like I feel represented and I feel seen and, yeah, and I just felt so connected to this part. And um, so to end up getting to do it was just, it was a dream come true. It sounds so, you know, cliche, but um, so, yeah, you know, I just think put just being positive and being accepting of what of what opportunities I'm being given have changed the way that I work in a positive way, for sure. I think there's, um, I always think that you never, like opportunities lead to other things, don't they? Mm-hmm. Like you, you never know who you might have met on that panto job. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. Well, I, wouldn't, have... I would not have worked last year if I hadn't have done panto the year before. So, you know. Yeah, it like lines up, doesn't it? And different things come from different places and not always the place you expect. Either. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
But in in answer to your question, who bloody knows? Um, <laughs> but that's, but I'm totally cool with that as well. Like there are certain things now that I would like in my life. Like I'm I'm ready to buy a property and and sort of set down some roots, lay down, you know, a foundation yeah. for, for my life. to go back to. Yeah, when yeah. Like I'm ready for that now, and you know, hopefully. Once COVID's done, I'll have the opportunity to do that. Um, and, but other than that, like, I'm one thing I've got from the pandemic is to just be in the moment and just live day to day, and just and be okay with that and be at peace with that. And and if that's what I've got from it, then actually, I think I'm quite grateful. Yeah, and I'm sure when it like everything opens up again, you can get back to working. Mm-hmm like more and in the way you want to mm-hmm. that's going to really help right yeah. it, when you're chasing jobs all the time it, you're always in the future oh my god absolutely and it is exhausting and like it's yeah it's hard it's really hard but yeah I, I hopefully I can retain that for sure and is there anything kind of going in so gonna live more in the future in the present all of that stuff but is there anything that you think actually going forward I want to do this better or I want to invest more in this mm. thing or these people not that come anything that comes to mind that's rubbish um not really no 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 that's all right the answer can be no yeah I'm just I've done a lot of work on myself in the last couple of years actually like I went to therapy and like, I had quite a big personal thing happened to me and it just made me it forced me to look inwards for the first time properly and and so slowly over the last couple of years I've just come to like prioritize myself and Mm. and then anything else that is in my life is in enhances it rather than you know depending on it or you know I Am I making sense? <laughs> yeah, so it's like all the nice things are like a bonus, not yeah. the all and end all. Exactly. Yeah. So, and and COVID and the and the pandemic has just sort of cemented that, and have made me. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad that I did that work before this happened because I think, you know, I, I might have fallen apart a little bit if it, if I hadn't been more secure in who I am and what I want, and you know. So yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing, isn't it? Like if you've, it's almost a blessing. If things happen, you have to do the work. Mm-hmm. And then when other things happen, because they invariably will, right? Mm-hmm. You're ready then. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I've had such a nice time chatting. <gasps> Me too. It's been absolutely hilarious to catch up. So just for our listeners, I don't think I've seen Eve since 2009, maybe? In per- yeah, in person, yeah. In person. That's insane. But it was so nice to chat to you. And thank you so much for giving up your time. Thank you. And answer all my questions. But before we go, mm. if people want to find out more about you or is there anything that you want to share, now's your chance. Uh, nothing I can share at the moment. That mm. hopefully soon. Um, and just I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Evelyn Hoskins. If you do. Wanna. I will. I'll put the your tags in our show notes so that people can go and give you a follow and keep their eyes peeled because I feel like there might be some exciting news from what you just said. Then. Hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> well, it was great to you. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks. Hopefully, you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. 
You can tune in every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher for the next free episode. And why not subscribe now so you don't miss out? If you really enjoyed this episode, then please don't forget to leave it a five-star review because they really do help. And why not head over to Instagram, share the episode with your family and friends and tag us too. Thanks for listening and don't forget to stay connected.